Welcome back to a new episode, and I'm here with a couple of guys from a project called Fleximorex. That's an energy flexible trading marketplace, which we shall dive a little bit into and why this should be adopted and why it's needed for the future. So welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Great to have you guys. Um, so before we head on to, to the question and dive into Fleximorex, could you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Klaus Kanzler and... I've been working in the Technical Research Center of Finland around 30 years now. And uh, the latest uh, 15 years I've been working with energy-related stuff. So this has been my profession. And uh, in there, I've been working mostly about energy flexibility-related stuff. And this uh, Fleximar is a result of this research. And I think I can introduce myself. So hi, Thomas. My name is Dermendra. And I have been working in, let's say, electronics, automation, and nowadays in smart energy. So been here in VTT, working with Klaus for like three years now and working on the Flexima like project for like three years. So when I started this, this project that is based on IOTA in 2018. So, so you guys have been working on it for quite a while. Yes, that is true. So the history goes back, back to the time when uh, the first, let's say, uh, uh, solar, let's say, renewable resources kicked into the market, and then we started the research about how they should be used in the context of, of the grid energy market in total. And, and that has been, let's say, a long journey. So we are still, let's say, opening up new things and new pages on this development. But so far, it's been a very interesting journey. Mm. Where are you guys from? Well, I'm from Finland, and, and uh, I have been, let's say, I'm originally from Finland. So uh, the background is it's, it's on the research uh, based on the university. I have spent some time at the university, and, and my background is in science and metallurgy and measurement technology and metering. But uh, I have then uh, moving on to this, uh, let's say, uh, energy production side, and, and that has been like the, the major hobby for, let's say, quite a long time. Mm. I am from, let's say, originally I'm from India. And then I moved to Finland some years ago and was studying here. And then now well, I'm a researcher here in Finland. That's like, um, it's like VTT is finished National Research Institute. So we both are scientists here. Mm. And, and how did you guys come up with the FlexiMarx? Well, it was a result of studying the energy market in more detail. So, so the background lies in the fact that the energy market and electricity itself is a commodity that is actually, it should be produced and consumed in the same sequence. And so there's a system that is actually, let's say, uh, balancing the market. And the balancing mechanism was studied and we were having a research based on that. And then we noticed that the, the, the let's say, the increasing of let's say renewable resources wind power and solar production is causing high peaks in the consumption and, and also high fluctuation in the degree and then in the before this this fluctuation was taken care by adjusting production but now um, it as the fluctuation has been growing so big that it is not uh, possible to entirely uh, let's control the grid uh, and the power supply by, by the production side. So we had to also to control the consumption side in order to find the proper balance. 
And so uh, for these mechanisms, there has been some market uh, systems before. But um, in order to enable all, all of the consumers to be part of the market, we found out that kind of systems and solutions were needed. So we started the survey and uh, started the research about how we could create new kind of systems for the consumer for the end users to become a part of the energy market in total. And uh, in, in here, we actually found out some very interesting things that uh, we, we discovered about the markets in general and also about the possible new scenarios about people entering the market. And, and this, this mechanism actually are quite a bit similar than the me mechanisms that are actually um, uh, these big uh, corporations like Amazon, because they are actually uh, combining the customers directly to resources and reducing the mi middleman in between. And so this actually starts a big evolving growing business opportunities for this kind of energy trading. Mm. And I can see maybe not that I'm an expert in this, but now now that Russia has cut Finland off from uh, from gas, is this something that is more needed in these days? Uh, well, uh, it's both gas and electricity because we were also importing quite a lot of energy electricity from from Russia. So now the problem is that we have uh, let's say no more surplus of energy, so we have got lack of energy. So. We need this kind of control mechanisms in order to reduce the, the gap between the production and the consumption. And in sometimes it is that we have got simply too much consumption on the grid. And uh, one way to get rid, rid of this extra consumption is just to close some 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 loops on the on the grid, like putting some systems down, forcing them down. And this is not a good way to control the, the consumption. So the better way to, to do this to, is to let's say the people decide what they can actually let's say how they can reduce their consumption like using some devices not using some systems on some times of the day and and once they are doing this to give them some money or some reward of when they are doing this so this is the basic uh, mechanisms which is being developed here so to let the customers to decide what they are doing if there's a problem if there's a need to cut down the consumption and, and exposing this information to the productions so that they can actually match this together. Like mm. these systems, we can go on a different consumption level and it helps us to balance and helps us to justify the production according to consumption. Yeah. And so what is it that you guys are doing in the energy domain? And like, how does IOTA fit into all of this? Well, uh... In this, let's say, our marketplace, we are using IOTA as a payment system because of the obvious reasons. So when we selected it, then we looked, uh, let's say, into the different payment systems. And then we realized that if we want, let's say, microtransaction, then we have to use the payment system. Those are supporting the microtransactions because, uh, let's say, if the trade order is really, really small and flexibility is let's say worth only one euro or two euro so in that scenario we cannot use the traditional banking system because the transaction cost is very high so that's why we decided to use the iota ledger back then so so that's one of the reason and then the second reason is that we can also use the decentralized identifiers and the smart contracts so 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 that is the future plan mm. So, so you guys are waiting for for assembly then to to go full like live with this yes waiting very eagerly mm. and 
Like, do you have any advantages with Shimmer? Are you going to launch it there and test it? Well, um, we might uh, test it on the Shimmer, or we, we can also test it on the testnet of the Shimmer. So, so both both options are available. But the work on the DIDs and smart contracts is still in the planning. So, let's say if I am, let's say, completely honest. So, IOTA currently helps with the microtransactions. And uh, to be honest, let's say if we don't have IOTA as an option for the payment system, then we still could do this, let's say, flexibility business, but then it would be very difficult to clear the market in the short time frames. So, 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 because then we would have to like wait uh, until the customers are accumulating some balance for trading and then the clear market in, in let's say, longer time frame. But in that situation, if the markets are volatile, then the consumers will lose. So, so, so that's uh, one of one of the let's say a uh, way to do do this thing. But we are like let's say no no rush for the DIDs or smart contracts to be honest, because uh, it's like the whole business scenario depends on the development of the hardware and then development of the software. So development of the hardware is let's say rather slow and difficult process. So as you can notice that the Fleximar is not like completely software based product, but it involves like both software and hardware. So, 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 and then hardware is, let's say, rather slow and, and like the business that needs more effort. So we are not in that kind of rush that we need smart contracts or DIDs, let's say today, but if it's in the future, in a few months, I think we can use it then and upgrade the marketplace later. Mm. And what is it that is changing in the uh, energy domain and like, why is such a marketplace needed? Well, uh, you can also see the change, let's say, in the way that our production is, is changing. So for last 200 years, energy market was, let's say, centralized in a way that energy is being produced at one place and then it is being transmitted and distributed to the consumers. But now what's happening is that renewables are so cheap that you can, for example, install renewable energy at your home and then you can produce your own energy. So in, in many countries, the renewable and distributed energy production is in double digits. So it means that the production is also volatile and the traditional way of distributing uh, the energy uh, is, is, let's say, uh, changing, changing in a way that um, now it's not talked down, but uh, different consumers are feeding the energy from the different points. So in this scenario, existing energy distribution models are becoming inefficient and they are also failing in, in many cases. So what do we need is that real-time demand management. So we need to take help from consumers in order to balance the grid because in the, in the grids, there are like certain parameters that, that, that we always have to respect in order to keep grid stable. Otherwise, there will be blackouts and, and many more problems. So our marketplace, let's say, helps to keep grid stable because we know that there has been a lot of, lot of work done in the last, let's say, 200 years to make our energy grids. So we do not want to make, let's say, kind of new grid based on P2P energy, but we want to support the existing grid by maintaining and, and, and avoiding the fluctuation and the peak load hours. Mm. And like, where's all this marketplace available? Is it all, like only in Finland or is it like worldwide? 
Um, yes, it's a global global approach. So we uh, didn't want to develop something that fits only to certain market areas. So we started to develop in a global system. So so it is like uh, globally available. And, 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 and let's say it's both global and local in a way because uh, we are using a certain kind of uh, messaging in which we also indicate uh, the, the localization or the position of the resource which is different from the existing marketplaces. Uh, and um, basically the physical server system can be located anywhere in the, in the grid. And then the, the people participating in this market, they could be also anywhere in the world. But of course, if you are talking about the energy markets as they are in, let's say, in Europe, and they are, let's say, a Scandinavian energy market, and then they are European and country level markets. So. You can do, do the, the trading uh, both on this all of this market area and in the same same marketplace. But um, uh, basically, the, the benefit, most beneficial uh, uh, trading could be made actually um, uh, using uh, these services inside a certain, uh, let's say, boundary area in which uh, you have got a power supply. And, and, uh, and, and also, like, um, if you want to... Um, Trading and, and uh, let's say exchange um, information like uh, when you are consuming the energy and when when um, uh, you should consume the energy. So basically, what we are doing here, we are let's say matching uh, the, the time of consumption to the to the production. So if, for instance, we say that uh, the increased wind energy production on a certain area, then we would actually ask the customers or the consumers to increase their consumption by activating more devices so that this extra energy will be consumed locally. So we can do local balancing of the peak. And if this is not enough, then we can enter the marketplace so that we can actually ask more consumers to increase their consumption so that the peak is actually then fading away. And so we can also take benefit of this kind of extra energy which is being being produced to the grid. In the opposite uh, scenario, we do have not enough energy, like like for produced by the wind or for the renewables. So then we can also ask the consumers through the marketplace to reduce their consumption. And then they all match the level of consumption to the existing resources. So this means that we can balance, balance between this uh, the consumption and production in a dynamic way. And, and also, when people are doing that, the customers are doing that. They will be they will be paid, and the, the payment is relation to the, to the price uh, energy price total in the grid. So, uh, if the, the peak price is high, they get also more more money, or they get better paid, and that is also helping say to get more customers to the grid. If the prices are getting higher, there will be more offers. I can cut down my consumption by this amount. If you if you pay me amount of money, and then if this is needed, then the companies can actually do this agreement, and they can do that with many customers on the marketplace in the same time, so that they will get a significant change in their consumption or let's say on their profile, and that helps them to keep their balance, uh, let's say uh, in the, all the time. And like this marketplace isn't only for for like big corporates; it's for for everyone, isn't it? Yes, that is exactly true. So this is a marketplace that is actually meant to be available for all of the, the, the market players. So you can be a small player, you can be a big player, but your 
you're always welcome to join here and we treat everybody equally so even though you would be like a big partner you will be treated equally than a small produce prosumer and and that is like a democratic uh, way to to deal with uh, the, the the customers and so we like to say that this is uh, let's say based on thinking of energy democracy so we are not reacting anybody and we are having let's say uh, individual let's say uh, let's say uh, payments for for this this trading so and we try to minimize this to get the entry barrier really low so if you want to participate to this marketplace you can you can participate with low very low entry level because the fees to participate are very low the transfer fees is reduced by using this kind of ITA and also by the amount of energy you have to uh, put out of the market could be just a few kilowatt hours which is something that you can practically find for any household whatsoever so so this is making possible and this is the biggest change to the existing market scenarios because in today's energy market private customers cannot simply get into the market whatever they try there's not a place for say, a customer to sell their flexibility uh, for this this existing energy market and this is the biggest change what we are uh, let's say offering here everybody can go to the market and and do their best to help the energy market to to, to let's say to stay well aligned with the consumption so this is the the biggest change we we are bringing in mm. and like this is a, like a people to people energy trading where i can for instance buy buy energy from a neighbor if he haven't used so much and i should need a little bit more well exactly that is exactly uh, not the peer-to-peer trading but it is like you are putting your uh, let's say uh, offer to the market and anybody can take it it it's only to be your neighbor but it could be anybody so if a big company wants to get your uh, let's say resources then they can buy it out if it's if it's your neighbor they can, he can take it as well but it is like anonymous trading so you don't know whether you are selling to your neighbor to the company so so it could be uh, let's say used like peer-to-peer but it's actually from peer to the central and then back and this is this is actually also a reason for this is also the regulation so peer-to-peer trading is not allowed in some regions so we didn't want to get stuck with this kind of regulation so we decided to get around by arranging it differently a little bit different way but the end result is the same basically mm. and like if you if you have an example like like why should i as a normal citizen uh join the marketplace like what what's the difference and the uh advantages from from how it is today well, the biggest difference is that uh, you cannot find this kind of opportunity at today's energy market. There's there's no go for a private people there, and uh, there's a, let's say a, some some kind of approaches have been made by uh, realizing this kind of aggregator layer, a middleman layer uh, between you and the marketplace uh, places. So the, the aggregators are here. They are they are collecting lots of people, and then they are selling these energy bats as one one lump uh, let's say to the, the, the big uh, companies but also as a middleman they take choice out of the business they take most of the money so there's very little money which is left to your hands so you lose the benefits here and and what we are doing we are removing the middleman because the marketplace itself is an aggregator it is able to collect the the, the, the small batches together and then every and buy them and the marketplace can actually organize this payment and buying process so you can actually with one contract you can buy like 1000 small batches 
and this marketplace manages it. And then, then you can get these agreements automatically created for these patches. So it is like, uh, let's say, software-based aggregator. And since it's a software-based tool, it is not very expensive. So it operates without, let's say, big money. And that is why we actually offer very good, let's say, contracts to the people which are coming there as private customers. They get the best service uh, with, uh, let's say, a reasonable price. So the cost level is there. And then the energy patch you can actually uh, sell is also, let's say, reasonable. So like if you're thinking about your household, you may have a hot water boiler or some kind of heating device, which is taking like one or two hours when it's operational. And you can connect that to the marketplace with some piece of hardware and software, and then you're good to go. You just specify when you want to sell this capacity and what is your minimum price expectation for this capacity you're trading. Let's say you can say, okay, I will trade my capacity, my boiler capacity out nighttime only, not on weekends. And my minimum expectation for the income or the price for the kilowatt is this. And then your system or the software is actually putting this out when the time is right and puts your bit out like, okay, now I have got a kilowatt hours of capacity available between two o'clock and four o'clock in the morning. And this is the minimum price for that. And hundreds and thousands of these kind of bits are coming out to the marketplace. And then suddenly you have got the flexibility of two or 300 or 400 megawatts available. And you can know this flexibility is here and you can know exactly how much does it cost for you. So this is how it looks like and how it is working uh, when it's, it's actually exposed to the market. Mm. And how is this related to the energy democracy? Well, uh, Thomas, if you look at the energy business, so I, I would say like energy business is, let's say, one of the most monopolized business in the world. So there are, let's say, producer monopolies, then there are supplier monopolies, transmission monopolies, distribution monopolies, and also the, the device manufacturers are also few. So, so now the energy domain is changing. Consumers can produce use their own energy so so it means that they should be able to freely trade energy on uh, or energy flexibility on their own terms so so if the marketplace is double auction times uh, double auction type it means that consumers can decide their own timing and the price they want to sell into the market so they don't have to like make the long-term contracts with their energy suppliers they can go to the market anytime they want they can go away from the market anytime they want so so that's that's how it gives more like uh choice choice to the consumers in a way and then in uh, if we also look uh, the let's say current stabilizing mechanisms uh, in the energy groups so you would be surprised that currently we have like one trillion worth of peak power plants in the world just to stabilize the energy grid. And those peaker power plants are only, let's say, operational at 5% of the time. And at 95% of the time, they are not doing anything. So, so they, they are, let's say, in a way, bad investment being used only 5% time. So with our this kind of solution, we, let's say, make an intervention here, and then we don't need peaker plants if we are using this kind of marketplace and taking the help from consumers to help stabilize the grid. And another scenario is that if we look at current uh, estimates, then the speaker power plant market is 
is still expected to grow with the rate of 2% till 2030. It means the peak that there would be 200 billion more money needed to be, build the inefficient peaker power plants just to stabilize the grids. But using our solution, this kind of flexibility as a service mechanism, we can stabilize the grids using some software and hardware in much cheaper and efficient way. So, so that's, that is the goal. Mm, so I would add that, uh, for instance, uh, there has been solutions based on building big chunks of batteries to stabilize the grid so that you charge the batteries and discharge batteries. And that is not, uh, I, I think, a feasible way to do that because, of course, first of all, you need huge capacity uh, for, for this kind of balancing. And then this, this, this is not, let's say, a very eco-friendly solution because you need lots of, let's say, ingredients for the batteries and, and this are also polluting. And also, these are needed also very badly in electric vehicles. So, so it's better to use the existing hardware, which is consuming the energy on the grid and use it in a very, let's say, very, uh, let's say, advanced way. Because basically, 40% of all of the electricity is, is going to private households. And, and to the consuming devices. And so, so it's, it's a, let's say, good way to think about that. We could use this, this ma massive fleet of devices also to, to, as a flexible component. So because all of these devices don't need to be connected to the grid all the time. So most of them can actually be connected to the grid only part of the time. And if you could manage this, connection and the timing of the connection, then that is your control tool and that is your flexibility tool to manage all of the grids in the world. And that tool is feasible because it is just based on software and communication and also just testing parameters. It's not using any more energy. It is just, just like an add-on device and it will stay there forever as long as you have got internet and the devices are there. So it's never getting old. Mm. So like you're putting in the missing piece in the traditional uh, energy system. Yep. Hmm. So, so what's the new investment models to scale your project around like a global level? Well, that's a question because let's say um, we have been thinking about um, different scenarios. So typically when, when you are making investment like this, you need banking and you need say, money and this kind of traditional instruments of funding. And that is not, let's say, uh, in the today's world, that is might be the, not the best way to do this investment. So we have been uh, starting to look about possible models based on, let's say, uh, using this kind of digital investments in a way like, like uh, there's lots of money is now being actually invested on these digital currencies and different kind of, let's say, uh, solutions there. And, and all they are actually in bit world. So there is not no real world dimension in this. So it's fully speculative currency market there and then we think that if what if we could bring in some kind of real investment to this digital world like instead of investing on digital poly digital assets you could invest something that is actually existing in the real world like uh, thinking about building a solar power plant to some part of the country like like uh, some 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 part of uh, let's say the world you could raise an investment program okay we are planning and building a solar power plant to, let's say, to, to this, this country, like, like in India. And, and we are looking for investors which would uh, spend some money on this, this facet. 
And when we are actually having a DAO based on this, so, so actually this is like a joint investor model in which you will get part of this power plant when you are making an investment there. And that means that you actually have something that is different from this digital investment. You have got something that is also uh, in real world and has got real value. So, so your digital investment becomes a real event by the time it has been managed. And that means that uh, you actually own part of a production site somewhere. And, and, and if this is, uh, this managed, uh, it is managed by this kind of, let's say, totally digitally managed system, so it means that everybody everywhere can participate to the investment plan and also can, and can see how it is put to practice because it's totally transparent. Everything, everything, everything related to this is is available all the time in the grid, and so it means that people which are usually investing on something that is actually in open air would get an investment that is actually some solid, has got a true value and it is existing there and it's being used by other people. So, so it's a totally different, uh, let's say, uh, type of investment, and it's still like like uh, very very volatile because if you want to say sell your let's say amount of investment you can uh, pull it on for sale and then somebody else buys it and then you get your money out of that so but it's also very solid value because if you are saying that you have got the solar it is producing something every year it is also beneficial for the people which are owning it but it has got a solid production value as well so in, in that way you also make a good investment like a green investment you are helping people to, let's say, to increase their level of living. They, they don't need to have a diesel fuel, diesel powered power plants anymore. They can rely on renewable resources. So it's good for the, the, the country, it's good for the globe, and it's economically good for you. So, so there are many reasons why you should go for this kind of new investment model. And, and I think that this will be the investment in which this kind of new power resources will be developed in the future. Mm. And have you so far have you guys like funded it all by yourself or do you have any sort of help from the outside well so far it has been for us it's been like a research project so we have been like developing uh, the software and and the tools and and all tested and evaluated it as a, so as a research project and so uh, we also have published some of the research uh, research uh, uh, results publications and also we launched this this uh, platform so there's actual platform existing on the grid and it is available there's a it's a has grid address and there's a server system so you can actually open it up you can sign in make your own account and then you can actually go and see how this is operating you can also get basically all of the rule bases and and software and coding out of there and and actually what we made is that we developed the whole thing to be based on open source software code. So, so there are no license fees and, and there are no limitations how to use it whatsoever. So anybody who is using this code is, is working on open software license agreements. So it's, it's really, a, let's, say, a, let's say, an open end and, and tool and platform. And we hope that, that if, if, if it's, it's not us which are taking it out for the business, somebody else will actually grab the idea and also take a full advantage of the developments we have been creating for this purpose. Mm. And you also said that um, that is quite a monopoly in the uh, energy sector. 
would you imagine it's it's difficult to 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 make this a global because i would imagine the the uh the, the energy whales if you may call it that um might not like this solution because in the end they will lose or will they gain on it well that's true so so it's like like uh, fighting against the giants in a way because uh, of course if you have got let's say a good uh, let's say uh, position in the market uh, it's almost like monopolistic market so it means that you can keep and sit on the market and then and the big monopolists they want to sit on the market place as long as they can without changing but again it is like uh, as, as as Sharma said the situation of the market is changing and and the monopolists they are not able to cope with the change anymore so it's like uh, for, for my thinking is that they have seen the need for change and they are doing some something uh, in order to be involved in the future energy market but i don't know whether this these big giants are flexible enough to cope with the change, change and the speed of the change because uh, let's say uh, just only to think about the, the change about the thinking of the people like now, lots of people are investing on local production, and this local production is increasing every year. And uh, only to cope with the local production and, and, and to keep up with the changing in their own networks, the, the networking companies have got great difficulties. So I think they understand the need to change and how to, how to motivate the people to be working with them is the question because uh, basically, in, for instance, in Europe, it is so that if you want to start product, producing your own energy, that is possible for everybody. And it's also so that an energy company should actually accept your production, whatever, whenever it happens, and take this power supply to this, its own network. But in, on the other hand, they are also responsible about supplying enough energy and, and electricity to customers in certain terms. So, so they are put in a difficult position because, on the other hand, the fluctuation of the consumption is increasing. Also, the small, let's say, the fluctuation in the local production is also increasing because people are investing on local uh, production sites. And then the wind power uh, fluctuation is also increasing because big companies are building new, new bigger and bigger wind farms. So, so to cope with this changing, with this, this uh, let's say, mission almost impossible mission to match uh, the production and the consumption in real time they had to develop some new changes so in a way they know that they are in trouble but uh, they are thinking about how, how can we get out of this trouble without losing our market position and and that is something that is going to change i think they are not able to keep this position in the market uh, without making compromises and making compromise means that they have to have to see that consumers actually are actually on the same side of the table. They are not like like consumers are competing or let's say are just like some node which is supplied. They are actually an active market player, market party. So they are actually a big player because they are consuming lots of energy. The trick is how to make the consumers to consume the energy on the right moment, on the right way. And how to how to how to motivate them to do that? Mm. I think the best motivation is the, the 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 way how you can actually give them some money out of the out of the actions they're doing voluntary basis. 
So this is the big, biggest change. So to understand the nature of, or of managing customers in a good way, not to force the change by law and legislation, which is a very bad way to do things. It's like giving them some benefit, like, like uh, cutting your slice of the market share a little bit in order to make, make better solutions in the future. Like giving some of your profit to the customer so that the customer serves you and helps you in order to, uh, let's say, to balance the grid and help the power distribution system to be the better one. There's also an upside in this because if you think about this, this overproduction or let's say peak production, for instance, if you have got a big wind production site and, and, and suddenly you have got too much production in the grid, too much electricity in the grid, then you have to shut down your production system because at the moment you cannot actually manage or let's say you cannot ask the customers or consumers to consume more electricity. So you waste your opportunity to produce more in energy. And, and this kind of system in which you are working together with the customers, when there's more energy to be consumed, you ask the customers, okay, so the basic idea is that instead of, let's say, cutting down the production when there's a peak, we just ask the consumer, okay, there's a big discount now because we have got a big production, something that we actually cannot put into the grid. But if you increase your production, we'll give you a big discount of the energy price, and then you can uh, get this for cheap. And, and for instance, if you want to charge your electric car now, now it's the right time to do that. We get you a big discount. So we can actually use the full capacity of our investment, our full capacity of our wind power plant. And so we have the win-win situation. We get the big production consumed and you get a cheap energy. So this is like win-win situation instead of having this kind of, let's say, situation in which you say, okay, we stop our production and nobody gets extra energy with cheaper price. So this is like uh, having these benefits of, let's say, uh, thinking about different way uh, than before. So, so this is uh, the way of thinking, uh, the change of way of thinking. We hope that the energy giants will do because in, in doing that, they will actually make a huge benefit for the whole, let's say, the whole eco economics and also the, to the energy market globally. Mm. And like, is there any um, IUT, um like partners like you guys would like to collaborate with? Well, um, let's say IOTA, let's say foundation knows about us. So we have in contact with them. And for this project, uh, Fleximar, we had all Finnish local partners. So we had like FinGrid and then many companies, universities, and the whole consortium of, of, of companies to, to build this marketplace that was laid by VTT and, and by Klaus. So, well, currently, let's say we are mm, not having any partners, but we are also, but also parallelly, let's say we are in preparation of, of this kind of uh, new, new, new plans that 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 we are planning with multiple European partners. But I would say that they are not in uh, IOTA ecosystem, but they are also other energy domain giants in, in other parts of the Europe. Mm. And from 
iota side uh, i would say that you would like to use the technologies that they are building so you know that iota is like one of the most uh, energy efficient ledger so we would like to use it as a payment system because even small consumers can participate uh, without let's say any fee and we can do the trading of very low amount of energy flexibility in, in smaller let's say payments so that is possible and in the future we would like to use the decentralized identifiers also because we think that there shouldn't be only one marketplace like this there should be hundreds of marketplaces like this and and if they are using let's say digital identities for for this kind of flexibility sources devices and energy meters and the participants then participant let's say can switch from one marketplace to another marketplace easily the one that is giving the most benefit so so there is no consumer lock-in into the one marketplace so so our aim is to create the competition in, in this whole energy flexibility business so so and decentralized identified dids can help us to do that and i think in that scenario we don't need different ids to to participate into the different marketplaces so that is one of the technology development that we are looking most forward to from iota side and another technology is also the smart contract that that is being uh, into the iota protocol so as klaus explained you earlier is that our marketplace is one of the most fair one all the buyers sellers retailers aggregates resellers are treated equally so but currently these rules are in the form of software in a database but if you put all this in the smart contracts then then they are on the ledger and 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 kind of the whole marketplace is the transparent so so we would also like to have this kind of contract based uh, let's say contract system uh, let's say uh, in in parallel with the existing uh, trading engine that we have there mm. yeah, so, so so the the one of the ideas here is that by using this kind of technology we totally automate the process of let's say getting into the market making the business and getting out of the marketplace so we think strongly think that uh, the whole process should be totally automated so that your system your home's automation system able to do this kind of trading based on the, the the rules set by you and then after you set and define the rules then everything goes automatically so you don't need to worry about this the only thing is that you need to worry is that you keep a look about your balance on the trading platform seeing that you are making some money if you are not making some money, uh, then probably something is wrong with your rule base. So you may be asking too much price, so then your system is not able to keep up with the, the let's say the control of your devices. But this is the only thing you have to keep an eye on. And 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 also like that, um, if uh, this kind of let's say um, trading is happening, uh, the expectation is that uh, there will be let's say hundreds of thousands of trades every every day. So it is like a big volume uh, and, and low, let's say. Uh, there's a big volume in this trading, but the, the actual trades are, let's say, small. So it's about the mass volume business, not about making some, some uh, agreements per day, but it is like making hundreds of thousands of agreements per day. And, and all of these agreements are quite little. Yes, and if I could also add something to it, it means that we want uh, flexibility as a service possible. Uh, by using this, uh, let's say, marketplace. So, so over, let's say, uh, end goal could be like, we, we could find flexibility as a digital asset that is available on this marketplace uh, using the technologies that being developed by IOTA Foundation. So that is in conclusion, 
if, if, if you want to ask something uh, about about like how are we planning to use uh, iota as a technology but in principle uh, the marketplace or, or also in like practice the marketplace is very similar to any other let's say stock market or or any crypto exchange and it's a web 2 marketplace but it is also using this uh, web 3 technology such as iota so it's kind of best of the both worlds mm. and a combination so so and we are uh, using the technologies on their merit and not by like just uh, pushing towards one technology over another mm. And I can imagine uh, you're probably aware of it, but the project that is ongoing in uh, Trondheim, Norway, uh, the smart building there, that might be a good place to, to test it all out. What project? I, I you know, missed Simplicity exchange making. Yes, yeah, we are aware because uh, we uh, once we started, uh, I was actually visiting uh, their site and we have a big discussion about this project. So they have got the same, let's say, same similar uh, uh, idea, but uh, what is uh, what is uh, the difference here is that we are actually having this kind of trading mechanism which is not not existing there and 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 so um, um, i think the the biggest thing here is that uh, uh, in here uh, we are doing a trading based on simple single contracts which are only valid during the duration so like like you offer something you are bound to this offer until it is actually terminated by uh, by timing out, or then you are fulfilling the promise. So uh, you are just just bound. So you can you can go and in the end of the marketplace anytime you like, and you can go out of the marketplace anytime you like. But in this system, you are actually connected to marketplace, and you are you cannot decide if you are getting out or in. So so it's like a binding contract between uh, the marketplace and the user. Okay, and yeah started i think the same uh, same project also in parallel with the plus city exchange but the approach is let's say a little bit different so we are only focused on the energy flexibility how to help balance the grid and i would uh, say that okay i'm not aware much about that project but it's like uh, that that project is more focused about to peer energy uh, trading so but uh, in our scenario we believe that we, we would need this kind of base load always so we would also need this kind of big power plants to to, to supply like big chunks of the energy and then we would need help of this kind of energy flexibility marketplace those could be really really helpful when there is an imbalance in the grid and consumers can take part uh, in, in the marketplace to help balance the grid. So our approach is like, let's say, a bit, let's say, di different here. Yes, and also one one other thing is that uh, we are offering the, the the flexibility information position information. So, for instance, if you imagine about the situation in that we have got, let's say, very high load on certain part of the city because people are consuming too much energy and they are charging their electric cars and so and so on. This is a typical scenario in many big cities, for instance, in India, the, the energy grid is already, and today it's overloaded, and in the evening, when people are coming back home to, to their homes, they're usually power outages because of local uh, high loads. And so if, if you have got, got this kind of, uh, let's say, um, marketplace in which you can see that, okay, this, this in this area, there are lots of people which are going to go down with the consumption by shutting down some devices, to help the grid, and this is the, the price expectation. Then you can actually buy out these loads uh, on over a certain area, and then 
this hotspot of the area is actually let's say let's say let's say um, going out so that, that uh, you can also manage the, the loads on the grid locally by using this kind of localized assets and that is completely different from the existing uh, scenarios that has been present on the market and uh, if i could add again something so let's say it's not like uh, exactly peer to peer system and personally let's say i really do not fully believe in peer to peer energy trading because uh, well energy is one of the most difficult commodity to trade let's say if as a producer i'm pushing some energy in the grid from one location then then i really don't know where it would be consumed so so that's why uh, I, i think peer to peer energy trading is not very realistic uh, well it it could be let's say very realistic in like micro grids and isolated grids but if we talk about the big national level and city level grids then i think it's very difficult to do the peer to peer energy trading but uh, let's say we we can have this kind of peer to peer like uh, flexibility trading so like so it exactly works uh, let's say in the similar fashion where buyers and sellers are you know kind of matched on the marketplace but but we don't know who we are selling so we could be selling to a neighbor or we could be selling to some in other uh, consumer in other part of the city hmm well it it's really interesting to see that that an inter- like an entire industry can be changed um in this way uh and i hope that we actually see that that this type of adoption will actually happen pretty soon because there sure is advantages to it like anywhere in the world right now yes so as i uh, explained in also in the beginning that uh, since this uh, energy flexibility trading includes hardware and and software components and the communication gateways and the devices sensors meters so hardware and software when we combine and make products it's rather slow process so things take time and and there is a maturity period when we are developing this kind of solution and and also the viability depends on the need of such solutions so let's say uh, when there is a need of this solution it will reflect in the energy prices so you could see currently in the energy prices in the europe like what is happening so at some point uh, the the market will will correct itself and and then there will be like good business for for such solution so it will take some time to let's say and then then it will happen let's say suddenly so that's how it works you you could see that let's say if you want some let's say analogy you could let's say compare it with the cell phone business so it doesn't happen and then it happens suddenly mm yeah oh I've reached the end of the uh, the question list. Is there anything you would like to to add to the episode before we before we end it off? Well, uh, as um, as as a developer engineer, I would say that um, doing this kind of development for a longer period of time, it has been let's say uh, teach some lessons like uh, that. Um, for instance, uh, business wise. Uh, it is not uh, let's say um, easy to present a concept that is actually breaking the status quo the market level uh, since uh, uh, it is always like uh, breaking something before you can build something up and breaking uh, this market scenario seems to be very hard at this point because the uh, let's say it's still like uh, 
the, the energy companies can, can still manage uh, using the existing ways to stabilize the market. But uh, if you are looking about the market prices and what it takes to stabilize the market, we have already seen some bankrupts of the energy field so that people, uh, companies are actually not going to manage anymore with their balances. And also you can see very high peak prices on the energy market when uh, you are buying and, and selling this, this flexibility. So that is a clear indication that the market is actually changing and, and it is changing to a direction in which the new opportunities are created. So I think thinking about the moment to go to the market with this kind of new concept is now better than it was like a few years ago. And I think this is the right time to go to the market and present this kind of new kind of concepts. And from my side, I would say the similar things about the technology that we are using, like the market before building it from the crypto market side. So as you could, uh, let's say, hear that we are using EOTA ledger because it's one of the most energy efficient ledger and the transaction cost is like, I would say 600 million times efficient than the, if we compare with the Bitcoin. But if we say that IOTA, IOTA also have to, let's say, break the market and make make, make the new market. And then if, if we want to, let's say, promote this kind of like adoption of the new kind of ledger and efficient uh, DLTs. So so it, it is also uh, so that we, we are also that IOTA is successful because well, world's needed and we wish very good luck to IOTA Foundation, so. Yeah. Uh, some some words about this energy being consumed by the software and hardware. So I also have got some kind of let's say um, mindset that I'm a little bit worried about this this idealistic approach that there's no no let's say there's uh, unlimited space of data capacity available in the world. There's unlimited uh, data transfer capacity available in the world, and that all all of that is free of charge. It is not free of charge. We are paying lots of, let's say, resources in order to keep this system running up and running. And so people should be a little bit more concerned about what they are doing with this extra space and which is almost this almost in unlimited capacity of data storage and whatsoever. Because none of this is free of charge and everything is paid. And the increasing cost of, let's say, supplying this, this uh, let's say, communication capabilities and, and providing this capacity for data storage, it is really becoming really expensive. It is, uh, I think it's taking 2% of the total energy production in the whole world to keep up with this, and this is increasing. So so it is worthwhile thinking about if this is really a good way to, to spend the resources. Also, some, some thinking about uh, the efficiency of data and codes which we are using in our system. As, as Alma said, we have been very hard to think about the best possible way how to optimize the code and the structure of the, the, the marketplace. But this is not the case like uh, uh, lots of the codes of the code operated and run in the system is interpreted. It is not like, like a C++ code. It is something much less efficient. And nobody seems to be so much worried about this, this extra, uh, let's say, uh, energy consumption this is causing to the grid. And, and also it is not is causing also lots of delays and lots of, let's say, other problems to the, to the system. So I think the quality and, and let's say, the structural code and, and the amount of data storage should be kept in mind when you are designing the future energy systems. Mm, yeah, most definitely. But anyway, it's, it's exciting times ahead, um, especially with the uh, 
the situations around the world we are in and and how now we can see the how the industry is getting open to these type of solutions so i'm looking forward to see uh see what we're setting and best of luck to you guys with uh with the exchange and i'm looking forward to see what type of new things you are able to to show us in the future and um thank you guys so much for for joining and uh explaining uh, this to us and uh thank you guys for listening get behind get left behind cheers yeah thank you so much thomas for having us thank, thank you, you. Cheers, guys.